Welcome to Modern Ancestral Mamas, a podcast for mamas created by mamas. We discuss ancestral food, cooking, feeding our families, and holistic living with the everyday modern mom. We are Corey and Christine, two mamas on a mission to nourish our families holistically while keeping it real in today's crazy world. Follow us on this adventure and enjoy the stories and information we share. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Modern Ancestral Mamas. This is Christine with Nourish the Littles, and I'm joined by my co-host, Corey, from For Nutrients Sake. And we are in season two. I don't remember what episode this is. (laughs) Corey? This is three? Is this three? Okay. Or four? Three. I think you're right. I, I, I think, think it's three. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so this is, yeah, season two. And actually, I think it's kind of funny how I th- this will be right around a year of the podcast being out. Yeah. And we are doing another Weston A. Price conference recap a year later. Yeah. Well, okay. So last year it was... Um, the conference was later. This year it was in mid-October. Last year and the other years that I've ever gone, it's always been mid-November and it's like the week before Thanksgiving. So yeah, it makes yeah, it a little bit hard if you're doing Thanksgiving, if you're hosting Thanksgiving. Um, but yeah. Yeah. In the conference, like the post-conference survey that they ask, they actually wanted to know if we wanted to keep it at this weekend, like, did we like this weekend in October or did we want to move it back to a November date? So, and I actually said I liked the October option. Yeah, I did too. I like it mostly because I think that, and I don't know, maybe if I was like actually farming, I might have a different um, thought, but like I said, it makes it, it's a little bit difficult. It's not impossible, but if you're like hosting people, if people are coming to your house for Thanksgiving and you're gone the whole weekend before Thanksgiving, um, you know, you get back on like Monday and Thanksgiving's on Thursday or something. It does make it kind of difficult. I don't know. I wouldn't miss it regardless. Like I would go, but um, I do think I like the October date better. Yeah, I totally agree. So this year was in Knoxville and um, Christine was gracious enough to let me stay with her and her mom in this super swanky hotel, (laughs) which we got to. And um, they're like, oh, yeah, so you have the room with one king size bed. And we're like, oh, that's going to be difficult. So... (laughs) Thankfully, they brought up a cot and I got to sleep on the cot, but it was a little bit like, whew, this is going to be tight. <laughs> I know for a second there, I was like, all right, I guess I'll sleep in the middle of Corey and my mom. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would have been fine as a king size bed, but totally the, the was cot so was easier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is actually... So for me, because Corey and I were both talking about this, this was both of ours, both of ours fourth conference that we've attended. And 
I have actually gone all four years with my mom. Um, we both went together for the first time in 2017 to the Minnesota conference. And then we skipped the Baltimore one. Which was um, my first then, one. Which was, yeah, Corey's first one. And then we did all the ones after that. Um, but yeah, so it was it was cool that we were both, this is both of our fourth fourth year attending. Um, but anyway, so we always start off the episode with a favorite meal. Well, we don't start off with a favorite meal. We started off with a question related to the topic of the show. And because one of the biggest aspects of the conference is the food, we wanted to start off by asking each other what was our favorite meal at the conference. So why don't you go first, Corey? Okay. Um, I th- I think there's so like the, all the food is so good. Um, it's hard to pick one. I think I'm just going to go with my favorite element of one meal. Um, and that was, there was like an apple crisp one of the nights that had, we were just talking about this before we started recording, like an unlimited supply of raw whipped cream. <laughs> um, that, that was, was insane. Definitely- I wanted to like, you know, face plant into the raw yeah. cream. <laughs> Yeah, that was awesome. Um, And then I love that they always have like a local, it's usually a ferments producer. So this one, they had a local kombucha um, brewer, maker, person, um, company, and it was called Frog Juice and it was kind of pink. It was so, I love the name and um, it was really pretty and it was really good kombucha. So yeah, and this was the first conference that I've been to that they were actually serving glasses of raw milk. Um, that was incredible. Yeah. And like the farmers that were there that have provided the raw milk, it was so cool too to like, you got to see them in the back and, you know, they were recognized for bringing all of that raw milk. And I mean, that was, that was really awesome. Um, my favorite meal was actually the lamb stew with the Caesar salad dressing. Oh my gosh. I forgot about the Caesar salad. There's something about that dressing. And like I've made Caesar dressing myself, but I don't know what that one had in it, but it was so good. It was just like delicious. It was a great combination with the lamb stew. I would have loved to, I would have eaten a much bigger bowl of the lamb stew. I know that they have to serve so many people. So there's like a really small amount, but um, yeah, I would have eaten a whole second plate of that entire meal. I thought that was, that was my favorite meal well my favorite like savory meal and then I think my favorite dessert was probably the apple crisp as well yeah yeah the bone marrow um custard is really good too yeah that one was really good yeah um I have you ever made uh Maureen's um Caesar dressing recipe the conference like the official conference one no I haven't yeah so I made it one time and it's just as delicious. The, but the thing is, is that it makes like a ridiculously huge amount. <laughs> so I was like calling out my neighbors. I'm like, do you like Caesar dressing? Because I have like way too much of it. Um, yeah. But it's delicious. Yeah. And you know, the other thing that now that you mentioned that um, 
I have never had lamb in a way that I actually liked it. And I really liked that soup or stew. It was more of a soup because it wasn't very thick, but yeah. Um, yeah. So props to Maureen. Um, so I think that it's kind of fascinating. I'm fascinated by what Maureen Diaz does. She's the, the woman that spearheads all of the food at um, the Wise Traditions conferences. And she's been doing it. I don't know. I don't know how long she's been doing it for a long time. I thought she said for like 10 years or something. Like it's a long time. Yeah. Or maybe longer. I mean, so I know, her, like I've known her for ever since I started doing Western Price because she was a chapter leader right um, near me. So I've been to her house and everything for chapter events. And she's, she's like an amazing woman. Um, she has a lot of children, so maybe that's where she is able to manage it. Yeah. Eight Eight, Eight or nine. Eight or nine. I don't know. But, um, she's like homeschooled them, most of them. And they used to have a farm up in Pennsylvania and she fought so hard to get raw milk legalized in Pennsylvania. Um, and then you know, she's, she teaches all these classes. She has, um, a podcast and a blog now called God's good table that she's running with her daughter, Erin. And, um, so anyway, so Maureen, the way this works is that Maureen, um, gets in contact with all of the local food people. So like, um, this one, this conference was in Tennessee. So one of the local food producers was that frog juice kombucha, but some of the other ones were, um, uh, white oak pastures, which is in Georgia where I am, but it's in, it's like closer to Tennessee than I am. (laughs) Um, but she gets in contact with all of these local food producers and then tries to source as much locally as she possibly can. And then what she does is she, she's in contact with the chef and the staff at the conference centers and hotels where these, where wise traditions is being, um, hosted and basically has to train them via Zoom or, you know, phone calls or whatever in how to make um, nourishing foods and, um, you know, Weston A. Price style cooking, which is totally foreign to most people coming out of culinary school. It's totally foreign to probably most people in the country and learning how to cook this way. I mean, it took me years to really figure out how to cook this way well. Um, I don't know. Maybe there are people that came to it easier than I did. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, does, it doesn't have to be hard because you can really just make simple food. But when you are making this kind of food at the scale of making it for 1,500 people and three meals a day plus desserts at like lunch and dinner. Um, I mean, that's insane. Yeah. So like she's going in and teaching these people how to make. So like bone broth and stocks and which some of them might already be making that. Yeah. Maybe, but but like. They probably know how to make it, but they're probably not making it there. Right. 
I'm trying to think what else. Oh, and she's like teaching them how to like, what are the proper fats to use and the sourdough bread and, you know, using all of the raw milk products and like, what else? Just uh, minimizing food waste too. So, you know, taking scraps from one meal and repurposing them for another meal, like that kind of thing. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, it really is like a lot of people who, who come to this way of eating start out making like, you know, burgers and, and um, baked potatoes with raw sour cream. Like that would be a super simple meal that you could make that would be incredibly nourishing and fill you up and whatever. But then to, um, you know, a lot of people also are kind of slowly starting to integrate more and more products as they go along. But these people that are in these hotel kitchens or conference kitchens, you know, they're just, this is just not how they were trained. Um, And it's probably almost the opposite of how they were trained. Um, So anyway, I'm, I'm totally blown away by um, Maureen and um, the staff at these kitchens where they can just, you know, takes training, but they've, they get to the point where they've adapted to it and they, they pull it off. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and really it's pretty much Maureen and her team that goes in and teaches them all of this in, like Corey said, I mean, they, they prepare leading up to it, but then actually doing it for four days straight is a whole nother level of, uh, it's an impressive skill. But, um, so one of the things that happens at the conference is on Saturday night, there's a banquet and usually the meal at the banquet is a little bit nicer than the rest of the meals. And there's a keynote speaker. And one of the things that Sally does is she calls out how much food, items were used for the conference. So like, for example, I I can't remember the exact numbers, but I'm pretty sure there was something like 300 pounds of butter used at the conference. And it was an absurd number of eggs. It was like 900 dozen eggs or something like that. It was just like, it was so absurd. You couldn't even believe it. Um, But anyway, and then what she does is she presents all of the kitchen staff with a signed copy of Nourishing Traditions and they come out and you know, 1500 people clap for them and thank them because basically it's those people behind the scenes that are making the food possible for everyone. And, um, yeah, it's like really, it's a really cool moment of the conference. And, and I mean, obviously food is a really big part of the Weston A. Price, but I think one of the reasons why it's such a big piece of the conference is because so many people that are coming to the conference for the first time are not you, they, maybe they have, are just coming to West A. Price. They don't know how to eat this way yet. They don't know that it's possible to make delicious foods like this yet. And so the food shows them that you can eat nutrient dense food and it can be delicious and it is attainable. And I think that's why the food piece of the conference is so vital. It also gives people like us who are coming to it with rather, um, stricter um food ways you know that we generally know that if we eat out like if we were to go to a conference and eat out every meal 
I know I would feel like garbage probably by the end of the first day and not really want to even want to participate in the rest of the weekend. Um, and so, you know, it's kind of like a safe haven for a lot of people. Um, and it's nice not to have to cook for a whole weekend. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this conference had over 1,500 attendees and there were people from all over the country and the world. And so this year they called out a few of the countries and there were people from Mexico, Canada, Australia, and Spain. Those were the people that came the furthest. And every year the conference is held in a new location and we were given three options for next year. So we'll see which one they choose, but it'll be more like West coast ish next year. Yeah. Which is nice for the people who live out there. Not so nice for me. <laughs> I know. Right. Although all of the locations that they suggested, I've never been to. So that'd be same. Kind of I did. Yeah. I, I liked all of the, the location suggestions. I was like, Oh man, I don't know which one I would want. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like maybe I should bring my whole family and then we just make like a whole, I don't know, you know, vacation out of it or something. Um, all right. So the, do you remember what number conference this was? No, I don't remember. I think it was 19 actually. It was an odd number. It's all, they're almost at 20. Is it not already 20? Maybe that the foundation's been around for 20 and then, because there was like yeah. a celebration last year and I don't remember what it was for. Anyway, um, so generally the conference, there's like, they cover, or all of the speakers cover different topics. There's some that are more sciencey and like heady. There are some that are more, um, uh, not, I don't want to say surface level because none of it is, is, is what I would call surface level, but it's more like practical maybe maybe practical yeah but there's also more you know like not every um speaker is speaking over my head <laughs> um and not and not only the practical like there was more some of the sciencey ones i was still like oh okay i this person is really doing a good job you know making it understandable for my non-sciencey brain um and I think one of the most amazing things about it is that they open up the, um, the mic after the speaker is done speaking and they have like 15 minutes of question time and anybody can go and ask whatever question they have come up with. And I think some of the best uh, value I've gotten out of them is listening to people's questions and then the speaker's answers. Yeah, that's a really cool part. And also that you do feel like if, if if some of the speakers hang around or maybe if they have a a booth or a table, you can go up to them afterwards and talk to them some more and ask them more questions or um it 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 doesn't feel like the speakers are totally on a different level to where you can't go up to them and just ask them a question. Yeah. Um, but so we wanted to talk about 
well, maybe before we do that, I, so I wanted to just say that, and I think maybe Corey, we, we were chatting about this and you might have similar feelings, but so this was my first conference in which I actually presented and was an exhibitor and it was a completely different experience this time around as a speaker and exhibitor versus just being in a, a conference attendee. And I, I mean, I, they're both so unique that I'm, I'm not sure I could say which one I like more. There, there's a benefit to being it to just being an attendee um, and not having the stress of like worrying about your talk or <laughs> whether the tech is going to work out or, you know, having to be at your booth and stuff and just enjoying your meal and sitting down and that kind of thing. But it was really special this time around to go as, you know, a speaker and exhibitor. And, and it was cool to have Corey, you know, hang out with me pretty much the whole time. And um, it, we got to meet some other incredible exhibitors and some speakers and really get to know them a little bit more. And actually, <laughs> they were almost all people that have been on our podcast before, but we had just <laughs> never met in person. And so it was so cool to meet them in person and, and get to know more about their lives and their families. And, and, um, yeah, I don't know, Corey, what do you, what do you think about that? I think that you were lucky because you got to go early in the, in the conference. Like you didn't have to wait too long to speak. I mean, you, you got to speak early. I totally agree with that. Yeah. If I could, if I could be a Friday speaker always, that would be. <laughs> I would like the first Saturday session on Sunday. Friday. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, I think that, yeah, going as a, um, I don't know, I was kind of like speaker adjacent because um, I didn't, I mean, I didn't speak, obviously you did, but um you were you were an exhibitor. You like you were officially listed as an exhibitor because I had to list who my exhibitors were going to be, and I listed you and my mom. So you were an exhibitor. Really? Yes, I, I, yeah, I, you were supposed to give submit a list of who was going to be at your table with you. Oh, I had no idea I was official. That's so nice. You were, yes. I thought I was maybe <laughs> just like sidecarring. Um, no, no, it was no, you were official. <laughs> <laughs> um. It was really awesome. It was an entirely different um, experience because we didn't really, you and I both didn't really go to that many talks this time, um, Yeah, which is kind of a bummer, but also we made up for it in, I mean. In different ways. Yeah. It, and like you said, we got to, to hang out with um, so many people that we've either followed or had on the show or maybe spoken to you know, on Instagram or something, but, um, actually got to see them and hang out or with just them. just fangirled over and yeah. <laughs> maybe a little embarrassing. Um, yeah. actually <laughs> when I met Courtney, um, Courtney queen was there and she was speaking on sourdough and she was, she spoke, she speak on Saturday or no, she was on Sunday. Oh yeah, man. I would not want to speak on Sunday. But she did great. But I, um, she she came to the to her booth because she was she baked bread for the entire conference for one meal, and um, so she was gone from her booth for the most of most of Friday because she was baking bread. Yeah, she was in the kitchen. Yeah, 
And um, so when she finally shows up to her booth, which is like next to us, I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, <laughs> which is so funny because, you know, there's all these people at this conference who are like really huge people, um, you know, reputation wise. And Courtney has an amazing blog. Um, if you don't know who she is, she's, she's the blogger behind Butter for All. And I've made a million of her recipes and I'm Same. always, um, you know, saying, telling people to go check out her blog. <laughs> so out of all of the people at this conference, the girl that I'm fangirling over is Courtney. And she's like the nicest, most down to earth person. And she's just like chatting with us the whole time. And um, it was great. That was, it was so fun. Um. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, it was really cool. No, I would. I was. I was gonna laugh and say like, it's. It's funny how we fangirl over these, like, foodie nutrition (laughs) freak people. They're not freaks, you know, like type people. The the people (laughs) outside of our bubble really don't know who they are. (laughs) I know. Yeah, like no, like if I tell someone that I was excited that I saw Courtney Queen or. I don't know, Kelly Brogan, like no one's going to be like, okay, all right, whatever. Tell me when you see, whoa, sorry. Tell me when you see like Tom Cruise or something. And I'm like, I could care less. <laughs> but I will say this, Kelly Brogan was much taller than I thought she was actually. Like I was like, oh, whoa, she's really tall. I like, didn't I see her that. the whole weekend. Oh. I know she was there. I didn't go to her talk because I went to a different talk. But yeah. I didn't, I didn't even see her around. Yeah. She was in her pretty tool skirt at the (laughs) banquet. (laughs) Anyway, anyway. um. (laughs) Christine, did you fangirl over Kelly Brogan's clothes all weekend? I did. Actually, let's be honest. That's what I was doing. I was totally like, oh my gosh. No, Corey knows it's true. I came home in the hotel every night and I was like, I'm going to describe to you what Kelly Brogan wore. (laughs) And I totally did. <laughs> yes. So I didn't see her, but I mean, essentially I did. Yeah. <laughs> well, so why don't you tell us what some of your favorite talks are, were or like, yeah. Should we jump into that? Okay. So I went to, I think, four talks aside from the, you know, the, the keynote speaker and um, the raw milk um banquet fundraiser thing um so i went to one that i honestly don't remember i'm sorry whoever that was um <laughs> it wasn't that interesting to me i think i might have left early actually but um actually i may have i may have left early and gone to another one and so then i got like half of one and half of the other and then nothing really stuck because it was a little bit discombobulated but then let's see I went to your talk Christine and I went to um Kristen Files talk on adrenals which was fantastic and then I went to Janine's talk on awful and I went to Courtney Queen's talk on sourdough Mm. I think that's it well and I went to there was like a ask the practitioners panel that has you know a bunch of people like Tom Cowan and um, Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride and Sally Fallon and two other people that I don't remember their names. 
It had Leland, who no. was new. No, he wasn't on the panel, though. Oh, he wasn't? No. No, then it was Pelvesky. Pelevsky. I can't say his last name. I don't remember. Or was, there was a or guy Andrew, who's... Andrew Kaufman? Oh, yeah. No, Andrew... Yes, Andrew Kaufman. And okay. then somebody else, too. And it made might have been... It was the guy who was right next to us who was selling the cancer book with the hand-drawn Oh, sign. yeah, him. Yeah. Yeah, LaGreca La was his yes. last name. Yeah. Yeah. He was pretty interesting, actually. He... The one thing that I really took from that... The problem with those evening um, talks is they're after dinner and they're at like, I don't know, 7.30 or something. And by the time I'm like, get to those, I'm pretty much done for the day. Um, But he, there somebody asked a question about cataracts and um, uh, everybody gave, like all the doctors on the panel gave their opinions about, you know, if you have a cataract, it's because you've been looking at bad light or you've been, I don't know, you know those kinds of things. And then he basically said, I mean, if you have a cataract, I would just get the surgery and move on (laughs) because he's like, it's a really not invasive surgery. It's not a big deal and it'll help you see. So just do it and move on with your life. That's so funny. Yeah. Anyway, I think those kinds of answers in those settings are super interesting because that's not the norm for these sort of stuff. Excuse me. That's not the norm for these sorts of conference people to be saying. And um, actually, I think that's almost more honest, you know, where it's like, it's not a big deal surgery. Just do it. Speaking of not the norm, while you were at the practitioner panel, (laughs) I was at a very controversial talk by Tommy John the third. Okay. And, uh, I don't really know what to say about him for those that aren't familiar with him, but basically he has a pretty big social media following. He, it is my understanding that he was the son of a very famous baseball player who's was a pitcher. And that is where the Tommy John surgery, uh, it was done on, I think either his father or his grandfather, the the elbow surgery, right? Elbows. Yeah. The elbow surgery for pitchers. And now it's like used widely all over the world. Anyway. So that's who this person is. He's a chiropractor and his talk was so different. I like don't even know where to start with it, but basically it was very triggering for many individuals. There were a lot of people that got up and walked out, uh, he was super ener- energetic and like Corey Wait, talked you about have to how, say why it was triggering. Yeah, I'm going to. Okay. I'm going okay. To. okay, okay. okay so you, so yeah, Corey talked about how like it's after dinner, you're tired. You've already been at the conference all day. And this, con- this talk goes for two hours and it's until 9 PM at night. So it's like, people are tired <laughs> and he walks up there, he bounces up there and he's loud and he's energetic and he's got this cup and there's always something in his cup. It's this like thing that he has on social media. It's not ever plain water. It, there's always something in it. And that evening in his cup was red jelly bellies. <laughs> and he was prancing around the stage, boasting about his red jelly bellies, just shoving them in his mouth. And for anyone that has been to a Weston A. Price conference or knows Weston A. Price people, to be eating red jelly bellies is 
like heresy. I mean, you can't do that. You know, people are, it's all people are thinking are artificial colors, red number 40, red number <laughs> five. Yeah, you know, I, uh, sorry, like blanked on my artificial color names. Um, all and, the bad ones. Yeah, all the bad ones, whatever. And sugar and, you know, you name it. Okay. Corn syrup. Corn syrup. And... Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And this guy's up there like eating them. But anyway, I digress. His entire talk was about how sometimes we're too rigid and we're walking the tightrope of health. And the tightrope of health looks like, oh my gosh, um, I have to be eating, you know, this food with raw milk and from pasture and animals and it has to be organic. I have to be sleeping on a non-toxic mattress. I have to be wearing barefoot shoes. I have to have my red light glasses on. I have to turn my phone off at night. I have to have an EMF mitigator. I have to have my my um, computer plugged in so it's hardwired. Give me a few other, like what else? I can't wear sunscreen. I can't go through the x-ray machine at the <laughs> airport. Like, I mean, you name it. Like he's like, this is what health is. We're Only walking wearing this- cotton and linen and wool. And thank you. Yeah. And- <laughs> yeah. We're walking this tightrope of health and we're literally like, we can't teeter off of it. And the moment we teeter off of it, everything unravels and we fall apart because we're like, oh my gosh, I ate a non-organic piece of fruit today. I'm going, you know, the world is going to fall apart or I ate Halloween candy and the world is going to fall apart. Um, and so his point that he was trying to come across was we need, that's not freedom. Mm-hmm. That's not freedom. That's not food freedom. That's not living life freedom. So that was one of the points that he was trying to make. And then the other point he was trying to make was this idea of a practitioner telling you how to heal your body. And I thought that was the most impactful, um, I guess, takeaway from his talk, which is everyone is trying to sell you something. The practitioner is going to tell you that you need XYZ supplement. This other practitioner is going to tell you that you need to do this muscle testing. This other practitioner is going to tell you that you need to do this blood testing, whatever it is. They're all going to try and sell you something, but they're not you and they don't know your body. Only you know. So only you can know what works best for you. And so to sort of like strip away from all of that and get to your core and figure it out yourself. Um, I thought his talk was absolutely incredible, to be honest, with some, you know, really hilarious points. Uh, He did do a little bit of uh, movement at the end where he talked, like gave us some pointers on what we could do to improve our mobility as humans So, for example, he had us stand for five minutes on one leg, each leg. So first we stood, you know, we could like pick whichever leg we wanted. So I I don't know. I picked my left leg first. So for five minutes without putting your leg down, you had to stand on just one leg. And if you've never done that before, that's that's actually hard. Yeah. Five minutes is really hard. And then we switched and we did it with the other leg. And then he gave us a few other... uh, exercises that we could do to like strengthen our body and basically was just like he had these three principles which if anyone who went to his talk is listening to me right now they're gonna tell me I didn't even mention the three principles but he had these three principles about movement that he was reiterating throughout 
the presentation that were really great. Um, but yeah, I, I thought I really enjoyed his despite how triggering it was. And, um, was it triggering for some to you? people maybe? No, not at all. I actually laughed. I didn't, but <laughs> I mean, if he wants to stand up there and eat red jelly bellies, I could care less. It's him. I mean, I, is that weird to be doing at a West Name Price conference? Yeah, fine. But I mean, that's, that's his prerogative and his story. And if, you know, I don't know. I think it was more to get a point across than it was. Yeah, I, th I think it was to make a point. It was to be provocative. I mean, I think if what his message was, was what you just described, I didn't go to that talk, but I think that's a really good message. Um, and I think it's one that you and I have talked about on the show a fair amount. And I know I talk about on my, on my social media accounts. Um, so yeah, I mean, and if it takes eating <laughs> red jelly beans to kind of shake people up a little bit, I mean, maybe it worked and maybe some people just couldn't handle it. And then that means they weren't ready for that message anyway. Amen to that. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah. Um, okay. So I, the other ones I went to was, I went to yours and I think you did a wonderful job and I'm going to brag about you a little bit because I think that you are too humble and, <laughs> um, oh, thank you. honestly, so like you're, how long do you have to talk? 45 minutes? Is it supposed to be 45? It's, no, it's supposed to be an hour and then 15 minutes of questions. And I definitely finished early. <laughs> well, I don't know if you finished early or not, but I will say that your, the amount of questions people asked you just went on forever people kept asking questions so and you were doing such a good job answering them I think it just like emboldened people to get up and ask more questions <laughs> um but I think that I mean you had people get up that you know you were you were surprised that they were at your talk because um you know these are people that are are kind of well-known in this space and they they came and um listened and had questions at the end um so that was awesome but I just think that like you did such a good job communicating um that picky eating has is not just my kid won't eat um you know what I put in front of them that it has so much more to do with there's so many other factors and I already told you that we're going to do a whole episode basically on your talk. So um, we won't go into that too much. Yeah, but, no worries. But you did do awesome. And I know I've said that. But No, oh, thanks, Corey. Really appreciate it. <laughs> I was definitely nervous at the beginning. And I was worried that I was fumbling over my words. But then I kind of felt like I got in a groove. and was like, okay, I can do this. <laughs> yeah. But I it, think it's scary. That's the biggest crowd of people I've ever spoken in front of. So it's a big room. Yeah. I thought it was <laughs> going to be a smaller room. And so I was just like, oh gosh. <laughs> oh man. And then you had like some technical difficulties where, yeah. Oh, I know. Thank God for Janine, man. I don't know what I would have done without her. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So we went to her talk. Janine talked about 
um, incorporating awful. And she's spoken. This is her third conference speaking. Right. Yes. I've never gotten to go to her talk before because the first year she talked, I was volunteering. And so, and I was volunteering at that time. Um, so I didn't get to go to that talk. The second time that she talked, I had the baby with me and it was like right at nap time and she was not having staying in the conference room. So I had to duck out then. So this was the first time I got to go to her talk. Yeah. And I, I actually, so having gone to the other two talks, this was a completely different talk than the previous two. So that was kind of fun for me to see the direction that she took this one in. And I actually, I thought it was really funny. She started out by calling people out in the audience and like asking them, so do you cook liver? Like, have you made any liver or? No, but she was so much more direct than that. She like pointed at people and was like, do you cook liver? Yeah. (laughs) Have you made liver yet? (laughs) Yeah, one lady was like, why are you calling me out, you know? (laughs) Yeah, she was like, I went to your talk last year and I'm still too intimidated. (laughs) Oh, so funny. But she did a really good job of um, kind of breaking down the, like, (laughs) emotional steps of coming to eat awful as an American. (laughs) She's like, it starts out with your, like, (laughs) you have to you have to thaw it. So that gives you, you know, 12 hours of, of delay. And then you have to soak it, which actually probably doesn't do anything, but it does, does give you the opportunity to again, procrastinate eating it or cooking it. And then (laughs) you have to cook it because otherwise you're going to have to throw it away. (laughs) So funny. It was very funny. And she did, she gave like very practical tips on um, how to actually make, uh, liver and then other one, other organs as well. And, um, she said she made the same liver dish every Monday, like over and over and over for a long time where she would just make like, what was it? Liver piccata. So it has like lemon and capers and stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's fried and, um, yeah, it was, it was a really great talk and it was very informative And it did make me think, you know, maybe I can make this because, I mean, we do eat organ meats, but not as much as I was like, I would like to. Um, But now I'm at the point where I'm like, we really need to source, we need to find some good sources and start making this more of a uh, regular thing in our house. Yeah. I'm actually, I joined her liver lover challenge that she's doing and I, I, even though I cook it a lot, there's still, I still mess up. Like, and I went to her talk and for example, like she talked about peeling the silver skin off and literally this week I made it and I couldn't find the silver skin on all of my <laughs> slivers of liver and like Your the little, my, my liver slivers <laughs> and, <laughs> and there's like tubulars in side in the middle and I'm like trying to slice them out and it's just I totally butchered it I made a mess and so I was like okay well at least I'm taking this course of hers and I'm gonna learn how to do this properly once and for all because clearly no matter how many times I do it I still mess up so I'm excited to perfect it I need to I need to sign up for that has it already started yeah it already started all right 
but so, you, you can sign up for her next one. I'll do the next one. And anybody else yeah. who's listening should also do the next one with me. We can, we can hobble along together. Um, okay. And then I think the only other one that I went to was Courtney Queens. Did you go to other ones? I went to one on breath, which I actually thought was incredible. I do not remember her name. I feel so bad. Um, she was an older woman and she actually has a book and it was the very first talk of the conference that I went to. And she talked all about the importance of breathing and she talked about mostly the importance of the exhale. So the, um, yeah, the exhale and how that's our like energy breath and kind of how we can use our breath to improve our health, to improve our mental state, um, for so many different things. And I had read a book by James Nestor called, I believe it's just called Breath, James Nestor. And she actually mentioned his book in her talk and said that her book actually told you, like taught you the techniques versus his, his book was just like talking about the history of breath and her book teaches you the actual techniques. And, um, my mom got that book. So thankfully I'm going to (laughs) I'm going to borrow it once she's finished with it. But yeah. Okay, I thought so, I, I really liked hers. Um, oh, I did go to Kristen's adrenal talk and. Oh my gosh. Hers was so good. It was really good. It was, um, she did also did a really good job of making the like really sciencey things, um, digestible. Um, and we've, I, Christine and I talked to her already and we're going to have her on the show. So we won't dive into that too much, but go ahead. Yeah. When we, when we have her on the show, she's going to talk all about adrenals, mom fatigue, how we can manage that, how we can nourish our adrenals. It's going to be really freaking good. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then the other one that I went to was Courtney Queens and it was, just so it was, it was a lot of really, I don't want to say basic sourdough knowledge because the thing with sourdough is it, (laughs) it's like basic and not at the very same time, you know, like there's so much nuance to sourdough, but because there's so much nuance, it's kind of hard to really screw it up. But she did a really good job of kind of just breaking down, um, her steps and like how she does it. And she was amazing. She brought um, magnets for everybody that has her had her basic recipe on it. I have made bread from that three times now and it turns out excellent. Um, And she talked about, um, or no, she brought, she, she had made stickers. She had made keychains. She had made um, pins, little like pins. pins. Yeah. Those were so fun. And then, she had sour her like dried sourdough starter that she handed out, um, which was super cool. And then she had also made bread for everybody. So, yeah, I, yeah, her talk was incredible. I um, her last name is fitting. That's what I think. Yes, Courtney Queen. Um, but so I had asked her about my starter. I don't know if you remember this, but she had talked about well, if your starter has this or that, then maybe it's not doing 
so well, what did she talk about? Like, I, I can't remember. Anyway, so I asked her, well, what happens if my starter has pink at the top? And she was like, oh, that's <laughs> not a good sign. Pink is not good. Pink is not good. And you know what's funny is before I had left the conference, I was like, well, I'll just put my starter in the fridge. It'll be fine. Nothing will happen to it. Oh my gosh, Corey, I came back and there's like mold in my starter and it was in the fridge. It's black. Ooh. So she was right. Like my starter was not my, my ratio, I guess, of bacteria was totally off and like, I'm going to have to throw the whole thing out. And I'm so grateful that I have a package of her sourdough starter because now I'm going to, I'm going to use it and I'm actually going to use it with Kamut flour. So I just ordered a 25 pound of Kamut flour and I'm going to make a Kamut flour starter. And I'm um, hopefully all of this comes in time before Thanksgiving. Otherwise I'm screwed. <laughs> Ooh. Well, so what you should probably do is like bring her starter back to life because you're probably going to have to wean it to commute. Maybe, maybe not. Could go either way. You should just, just send her a message on Instagram. She'd be, yeah. she'd help you out. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay, I need to ask her that just to make sure. But yeah, no, she her talk was amazing too. It was super informative. Um, and for those that were not able to go to the conference, there are two ways that you can access these talks. You can either purchase the talks from the Weston A. Price website, which we can link to to where you can purchase them. And then you can listen to all of the talks in the comfort of your own home. Um, or maybe if you're a chapter leader or if you have a local chapter, you can suggest that to your chapter leaders and then the chapter leaders can um, have access to them and do like conference watching parties. And then the other option is if you don't want to pay for it, then you could, a lot of these, the slides are uploaded for free on the website. So I know, for example, mine will be uploaded. And so anyone who wants to go and just, it's not the same thing as the talk, but you can at least look at the slides, and get a sense for what the presentation was about. Um, trying to think, what else do we want to say about the conference? Um, well, I want to ask you, do you like, what do you think is probably your biggest takeaway? Or what do you enjoy most about going every year? So the first few years I said the food. And actually now I think I'm going to say the camaraderie. So just the community. There is something incredibly exhilarating about being in a room with 1,500 other people that all drink raw milk, that all know the importance of regenerative farming, that you know, are, are on the same page as you in some aspect of holistic living. And it's so cool. I mean, some, some of these conversations that you overhear, you're just like, what? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I would I, say I my favorite that. is. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Every, every single time I go, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I could learn as much from the people that I'm sitting at dinner with as I could from going to the conference talks. Yeah. Um, and everybody's, I mean, everybody's so 
uh, welcoming and warm. And, um, you know, sometimes you get talking about like, you know, your kids, or sometimes you get talking about, um, you know, what's, what are the laws in your state that are, that are really great, um, for raw milk or not, or, you know, regenerative farming or not. Um, or, you know, what, <laughs> what's been working in your garden? Um, Anyway, I just think, yeah, the camaraderie is 100% worth going to every single year. Even, honest to goodness, even if it's just to be around people who don't think you're crazy for driving 45 minutes to get milk every week or, um, you know, for moving halfway across the country um, to be able to homestead or to, to get your kids into a school that they, that you feel comfortable in. Um, I, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely the camaraderie. Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely have to agree. And I would say, I mean, cause you've been a chapter leader too. The other part that's so cool is having someone come up and seeing on their little name tag, like where they're from and then just saying, hey, you're close to me. You know, do you know me or do you need resources? Or, you know, I, I, I like that too. Like, oh my gosh, there's another person from Texas here. And um, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there, like you said, there are people from all over the world. So we got to talking to some Canadians who had some really funny stories. Um, yeah about, you know, trying to get back and forth into their country and <laughs> um, all the crazy things that's happening there that we don't really even know about because we're in the U.S. Um, yeah, I honestly, there's just like nothing like it. There's nothing like this conference. And I'm, I went to conferences. I've gone to tons of conferences before. Um, and it's never, I've never experienced this sort of level of, um, uh, just people just being interested in talking with you and, you know, learning about who, who you are. And it doesn't matter, like just random people at the table that you end up sitting at. Um, yeah. 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 Just great community. And for anyone who wants to go in the years to come, there's many ways that you can go to the conference and save money. So you can be a volunteer. I mean, the conference wouldn't run without volunteers. They need anywhere between 80 and 100 volunteers. And usually volunteers get discounts on registration. Um, you can, if the conference happens to be in your city and you can help plan things, that can even possibly get you a full conference scholarship. Um, you could, I'm trying to think what else you can do. Yeah, volunteering helping with planning it. Um, th there's always like discount codes too, usually uh, a few a few weeks or months before with like the podcast and stuff. And uh, you could just even email and just say, I really want to go, but I don't have the financial means. Um, oh, that's what I was going to say. There's always people sharing hotel rooms, sharing rides to and from, uh, driving for those people that aren't flying. There's a lot of people that drive. Like I do think that 
if you know you really want to go it's possible to make it work financially somehow yeah like because this the sticker price is it can be a little bit like shocking when you see it yeah it's expensive um there's no doubt yeah it is expensive um but i mean if you consider what it's paying for it does make sense but it is like christine said there's a lot of ways that you can do it that um that can make it more affordable and more accessible i've volunteered I think two out of the three years that I've gone um, and actually volunteering, you know, you, you meet up lots of people in other capacities too. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think I volunteered in 2019 and 2021. Yeah. That's what I did. Cause they were both in Dallas. And so I was like, well, I'm going to obviously volunteer in my own city. Anyway, I think that that's, I think we've covered everything that we wanted to say about it. Unless you have any final thoughts. I don't think so. I think that was pretty much it. Okay. So before we leave, I just want to say that when I was at the com- at the conference, I was an exhibitor. And one of the things that I was selling at my table was a cookbook that I made with a colleague of mine. It's called Nurtured Foundations Cookbook. And it's basically, we initially made the cookbook as an accompaniment to an online course that we have on feeding babies. So the cookbook has recipes for babies four months all the way to two years. However, when I started talking about this book at the table, at the exhibit table, I realized actually This book has recipes for kids of all ages in it. It's only the first maybe like 10 pages that have recipes for a baby that's four months, four to six months-ish. But any recipe after six months and up can be for a child of any age. And the book also has some dessert recipes in there. It has some ferments, some family recipes. We talk about sourcing, um, talk about grains, and it's a PDF So it's really easy to just download onto your computer and access it that way. Um, I'm going to have put the link here for anyone that's interested. It would make a great Christmas present. Very affordable. (laughs) Great Christmas present for the grandparents. (laughs) (laughs) Are you still selling the print versions too? I am taking pre-orders for the print version. Right. So if you're interested in a print version, you know, just reach out to me, either DM or email me and let me know. Yeah. You had so many people come up to the table and you're like, can I buy this right now? Um, I know. It was such a mistake <laughs> on my part. I should have I, I should have known that that was going to happen. And I just didn't. It was as a first time exhibitor. I had no idea what to expect. I totally felt like a rookie at my table. And but now I know for next year, like what? is good to have. And yeah. Yeah. I think I definitely need to have some shirts to sell because <laughs> I had my real food shirts on and everybody's like, I need to get one of those. And I'm like, cool. Well, you have to go online. Cause I don't have them in. Yeah. I don't have them in stock. I don't stock them. Yeah, totally. <laughs> well, but our podcast cards went really well. They flew. 
How many yeah. did you have, Corey? Um, I had 200. Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah. I came home with like three of them and I'm going to put them at the natural grocers around Dallas. <laughs> Is that all we had left? We had three left? Yeah, I think we had three left. I came <laughs> home with three. That's awesome. Yeah. I was pushing them pretty hard. I was like, um, you should take one of these because it's got a cool thing on the back that's really helpful. Um, yeah. I know. So many came away with so many ideas for next year. It's really, that was really fun. So can't wait to see how it all unfolds and comes together within the next year. For sure. All right. All right. Well, guys, I think that's it. Yeah. Thanks for listening. And as usual, don't forget to rate us on iTunes and hit the subscribe button and comment, especially if you want to um, give us a suggestion for a podcast episode. Yes. I was going to see if we had any more comments, but I don't, I don't have time to look it up. Yeah. Should have done that before I started recording. Yeah. I well, know. Next time. All right. Until next time. Bye guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to Modern Ancestral Mamas. Check out the show notes for the resources. You can find Christine on Instagram at NourishTheLittles and online at NourishTheLittles.com. You can find Corey on Instagram at ForNutrientSake and online at ForNutrientSake.com. Follow us on Instagram at ModernAncestralMamas. The information contained in this show is for informational purposes only. It should not be intended as medical advice and should not replace your relationship with your healthcare practitioner.